0: You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domasiewicz.
1: Good. Oh, that was the intro music. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Grays Harbor Sports edition of this week's podcast. We have Yes. You didn't let me do my sound effect do... first. Well, let's start over. Burner Bop Bop! ba doo bop. da ba bop da ba bop.
0: Oh, you stopped.
1: You know, if you go back and look at the lyrics to that song, they're actually pretty profound. Really? It's not just do bop? No, it's about friendships and valuing true friends. Oh.
0: Yeah. The more you know. da
1: da 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 (laughs) Anyway, welcome to the Grays Harbor Sports edition of this week's podcast. We're doing things a little differently, so we did a separate podcast that was Northwest Sports. We talked some Mariners and some Seahawks, and if you're interested, go back and listen to that. If you're not interested, just pretend like it never happened. Who cares? Just listen to this one. (laughs) But we're going to name a couple of athletes of the week, uh, one Bobcat and some Tumblers as well. And we're also going to talk about Aberdeen's issue with their football field. Yeah. It's I don't really know how deep situation. we're going to go into it, but we're definitely going to look at it from the side of the students and yeah. how bad it sucks. Um, so let's start, Daniel, since we don't have a two-minute drill because it's just oh, Grace Harbor Sports. Weird. We're going to jump into our first... Athlete of the week, our Oli Pen Real Estate athlete of the week. Did yeah. we mention our sponsors in the last podcast? I did one time. Okay, I did not. But our podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Oli Pen Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz. What's the A stand for? No relation. Wow. okay. Well, this
0: week's Oli Pen, one of our Oli Pen Real Estate athlete of the week, is Ethan Morrell, Aberdeen High School alum. Now, Ethan has committed to play football at Central Washington University. In his senior year of Aberdeen, besides being one of my favorite players to watch, Mm -hmm. he also rushed for more than 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns. He averaged 7 yards per carry, which is bonkers, and ran for 180 yards and a score in his final game, which was a playoff loss to Ridgefield. He was a first-team All-Evergreen 2A league on offense and also was named the Scorebook Live Athlete of the Week for his 318-yard, five-touchdown performance in a Bobcat win over Rochester.
1: Yeah, and I think it's worth noting in that performance, he had over 300 yards and five touchdowns in the first half and barely played at all in the second half. I want to say it was 306 yards in the first half and more than 200 of his yards were just on his five touchdowns. (laughs) Like it was touchdown, 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 touchdown.
0: He was so much fun to watch. And if I remember right that year, the first game, he wasn't even the starting running.
1: Yeah. So he actually, I would say without knowing all of the intricacies of why things happen the way they did, Ethan is the perfect example of why as a high school athlete, you always need to be ready to go and practice like you're the starter at all times, because basically a game and a half, he didn't see any action. So that's that makes his fourteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns that much more impressive. Knowing that in the first game he got basically no touches, mm-hmm. and he came in as an injury replacement in the second game. That's right, yeah. And just started beasting all over people. That was a Hoquiam game, wasn't it? I don't remember for sure, but I can tell you for a fact that he was, um, he was. For whatever reason, he wasn't named the starter. I don't even know who the original starter was or any of those details, but I know at the beginning of the season he was not getting any touches. And then as soon as they started giving him the ball, they couldn't stop giving him the ball because he was trucking people.
0: Absolutely. The type of running – I mean, if you listen to our Northwest podcast, Mm -hmm. we mentioned Chris Carson. Yeah. I would say there's a pretty – like. I mean, obviously high school to pros, but I mean that was the style of which – Ethan Morrill ran the first contact never brought him down. He never stopped moving his legs. And then every now and then he would pop out of a pile after churning like that, or just trucking some dude and he'd be gone.
1: He was a bruising runner. Well, I'm assuming still is, since yeah. he's going to play college ball. Absolutely. But he's a bruising runner who also has the speed and explosiveness to make something happen after he comes off that contact, which mm-hmm. I think was very evident in his long touchdown runs. The other thing, that, thing that's really interesting in this story is Ethan is now a couple years removed from high school. Mm-hmm. So he has gone, uh, I want to say, two. was it 2019 was his senior year? Somewhere around Maybe, there, yeah. yeah. So he's now gone a couple years and has decided to continue to pursue mm-hmm. the dream of playing football at the collegiate level and has made it happen, which is really difficult to do once you're out of the high school spotlight to still have the ability mm-hmm. to get recruited to go play college football is a really big deal. Um, but, you know, going to play, we, we have another player locally who yep. played football at Central and then went on to pro football, which is Adam Big Hill. <laughs> yeah, he did. And Ethan Morrill, Ethan Morrill, not the same school, but yes, the same county, going to uh, play football at Central Washington University is very exciting.
0: Absolutely. I can't be more excited. And especially this kid, too. I mean, you, you have your favorites over the years, right? And Ethan- Not me.
1: I see all high school athletes equally, <laughs> including my own son. Okay. Um,
0: (laughs) Ethan is definitely one of our favorites, and I'm super-duper excited for him. Just absolutely thrilled. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll get a chance to sit down with him at some point um, when he gets a break, but I'm sure it's going to be all football, all the time um, from now until the season starts.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way I heard it um, was that central was like, Hey, yeah, come play football for us, but get here now. And so he pretty much had to like get a whole bunch of stuff together and just go. Um, but yeah, Ethan, definitely one of our favorites. He came back and was helping coach the, the Bobcats football team, um, this past year, mm-hmm. at least as well. Yep. And just such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, you, you won't find people who are going to talk a lot of smack about Ethan. He's just a great guy who has great relationships and, and does a really good job. Absolutely. Which brings us to our next Olypen Real Estate Athletes of the Week. And we have actually mentioned Zero Gravity Mm -hmm. um, previously. They were an athlete of the week for, I I believe it was a regional competition they were in.
0: Yeah, they had a state and a regional competition that we kind of did a little bit of a recap. And then we mentioned that some of these competitors were going to be headed to, I believe, this national competition.
1: Okay, so at this national competition for... Um, gymnasts slash tumblers from zero gravity competed. And this is a big event. It's called the USA Gymnastics Tumbling and Trampoline Competition. It was in July, uh, July 24th and 25th in Phoenix, Arizona, more than 550 athletes compete at this event. So it's a really big deal, um, wide age range, but from the zero gravity team, which is based in Grays Harbor. And I believe Montecino is like their, their base. Um, and I'm going to apologize up front because my last name is Domasiewicz. And
0: there's a reason why I jumped on doing the first one.
1: This last name, I really hope that I get it. I'm not going to get it right, but I hope I get it close to right. Polina Vichitskaya. Polina Vichitskaya.
0: Vichitskaya. Cheatskaya. The
1: Cheatskaya.
0: The only reason I'd say it that way is because I used to watch like figure skating okay. and gymnastics when I was a kid, and it seems like there's always somebody named something similar.
1: Well, Polina, I wish that your name had been as easy as the rest of them, <laughs> but again, my name's Damashevitz. I understand the struggle. Yeah. Um, but Polina and Kendall O'Hagan and Felicia Watkins and Ashley Jenkins competed in this event, and three of them actually got up onto the podium. Um, Polina won the gold in the double mini and placed 10th in tumbling. Now, this is in the nation.
0: That's insane. I know I
1: said that already, but I want to reiterate. Polina was first place in double mini and 10th in tumbling. Kendall O'Hagan got on the podium with a sixth place finish in double mini and took seventh in tumbling. Ashley Jenkins also got on the podium with a 6th place finish in double mini and added a 10th place finish in tumbling. Felicia Watkins competed in the double mini, tumbling, and trampoline. Wow. Her best finish was 24th in the double mini, but she did take 2nd in her heat in tumbling. Wow. And for the uninitiated, which as of like two days ago was me as well.
0: I was going to say, I don't know what half of these things are, So, t- but I'm excited you, about it. You
1: can picture trampoline. You've probably actually seen video clips of Olympic trampolining mm-hmm. where yeah. they jump super high and they do tricks. So that's yeah, what trampoline is. freaks me out. Um, tumbling is like, it's probably the one you've seen the most on Facebook. Oh, like tumbling run- is
0: part of trampoline?
1: Yeah, so tumbling, you just run down a strip, and you like do flips and flips and turns and a whole bunch of stuff, and then you do backflips, and then you land it.
0: On a trampoline? Not like, on a trampoline. Oh.
1: The tumbling doesn't involve a trampoline. Okay, good. It's just like running. It's like gymnastics, but you do like a bunch of really fast flips and turns and spins, and it's all in a straight line.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm picturing it. Yeah, I know okay, what you're talking about now. So trampolining
1: is when you have one big trampoline, and you do a buttload of cool tricks off of it. Sweet. Double Mini Yeah, what's that? Is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in my life Okay It involves two small trampolines Oh no That you jump and flip onto and off of What? And then you land it on a pad Uh, You're expected to jump on one small trampoline Do a flip and a spin Jump on the other small trampoline Do some kind of trick And then land on your feet No And stick the landing (laughs) I don't like that at all. It's, I will say, up front, I feel a great deal of respect for someone who would even attempt this. A-
0: exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I wouldn't start to try that.
1: Yes. But that is the event that Paulina won first place in. That's awesome. And it is also the event that Ashley won sixth place in. And it's the event... Uh, let's see. Ashley was sixth place in double mini, and Kendall also was in sixth place in double mini. They're in separate um, levels. They're on separate levels, but yeah. So three of our local, um, three of our local athletes from Zero Gravity, got on the podium for this terrifying event.
0: I am. Congratulations. So <laughs> I'm so
1: impressed by this. Like. I mean, I
0: won't do normal trampolines anymore because I, you know that every now and then you land a little weird on a trampoline and instead of it like bouncing you up, your legs just like go jelly. Well, in our age,
1: you know, at our age,
0: yeah, my kneecap would literally go (laughs) flying through
1: the air and hit somebody in the eyeball. I'm trying to think of what it would look like if I, you or I tried to do the double mini (laughs) like, okay, let's say hypothetically (laughs) speaking, there's no flipping involved. And you're just going to do a spin. Bounce off of one trampoline. Spin. spin, Keep yourself tucked and composed. Jump off of another trampoline. Do some other kind of spin. And land on your feet. How far away are the trampolines? Uh, Like are they right next to each other? They're pretty close. I
0: might be able to do
1: that. I think I might be able to no, I wouldn't be able to. I go. can't do it
0: now. Never mind. I'm still coming off an Achilles injury from just trying to run. So, yeah. no, never
1: mind. I couldn't do that. Yeah. So, congratulations <laughs> yes. to our local Absolutely. zero gravity athletes for that tremendous accomplishment yes. of going to this national competition and being braver than us and getting on the podium with uh, great results.
0: Absolutely. They are. Okay. Polina Vichitskaya. Hopefully I'm getting that close. Kendall O'Hagan, Felicia Watkins, and Ashley Jenkins, all of Zero Gravity. Also, other kudos and Athlete of the Week to Ethan Morrill of Aberdeen High School going to play football at Central Washington University. But yeah, that's going to do it, I think, for our Athletes of the Week.
1: And we are going to talk about um, the Stuart Field issue. And somebody put Justin's movie (laughs) takes at the end. I don't know what that's about. Um, Somebody. (laughs) Daniel must have put that. So, or Andrew did it from Beyond the Grave because he was attacked by a Beyond the
0: Grave? Well, last
1: week I kept saying, when you weren't there, there, I kept saying Daniel is no longer with us today. Um, (laughs) But anyway, we're going to talk about the Stuart Field issue and apparently my really good movie takes and then we'll close it. But for now, let's take a quick commercial break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Damashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Damashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit DamashevitzLaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. We need to talk about this Aberdeen Stewart Field issue. I agree. So, there there was some construction that needed to be done, in which the turf was ripped up from Stewart Field. That it needed to be replaced. Okay. It, it has been past
0: the normal life cycle of that turf, which I gotta say. It was still in pretty darn good shape.
1: Yeah, so they must have been taking pretty good care of it.
0: Yes, because I've played on really bad old field turf before Mm -hmm. and it is miserable and you're basically just playing on cement.
1: So the project was scheduled to be done during the summer. Yep. So that by fall, it would be the field would be ready to go for football season. No problems. But what actually happened was due to a permit issue between the school district and the city, which if I'm being honest, when I look at it, it looks like the city may have dropped the ball on this one. Um, And the superintendent for Aberdeen has been very, um, very consistent that he feels like they did what they were supposed to do and that the city made a mistake. But without going too far into that, because I feel like I should probably be more educated on it to like really make an assessment on it, I want to kind of focus on what the effects are and what it will mean to the student body. So basically, the turf company is telling the Aberdeen School District, we can't get it done until a date that will make it so your first two home games, which are at Montesano, which are Montesano and Hoquiam. Ugh. Those two games would not be able to be played on your home field. So there's a chance, since there, there is a, a group of boosters and parents that are fighting really hard to try to, you know, number one, rectify the mistake, figure out what's the right path forward. Um, and there's a chance that the turf company has said if certain things line up, that they might be able to get it back for the Hoquiam game but definitely not – or for the Montesano game, but definitely not for the Hoquiam game. Yeah. So what we're looking at is in a district that's already had quite a bit of turmoil. Could they flop it?
0: Like the schedule. That's only two games. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting a bit. No, no, no. You're good. If that was the case, how hard would it be for Hoquiam to be like, hey, next – our second week opponent, can we play you in the first week? And Montesano to do the same. And I guess those other people would have to make... So it broadens yeah, out it would, a little bit more. The domino
1: effect of that, because the, yeah. there are, those other teams have other opponents yeah. that would also have to be rescheduled. Yeah. If it was just those teams alone, perhaps.
0: Yeah. it It didn't sound as much until I started saying it.
1: It just stinks that... Like, when you think about... My first thought was, oh, man, like, so at least if varsity players play... Some amount their junior and senior year, mm-hmm. you're trading off back and forth. Yep. So you get to play one of those two games on your home field. Absolutely. And Montesano and Aberdeen has been a pretty good rivalry over the last ten years or so. Like there's been some kind of back and forth and competition. Like Montesano has ruled that rivalry. So maybe maybe rivalry is not the right word. Yeah. But this is an Aberdeen team that's supposed to be able to fix that. Like, this year, Aberdeen's supposed to be good enough to compete. Yep. So, and, and it is a local rivalry between two teams that care and are good. And I are believe, close to each other. And are close to each other. Yeah. There's,
0: so, there's the, uh, what's it called? Geographic rivalry. Right. So, yes. you
1: got the geographic rivalry of Aberdeen-Monteseno, and then the actual rivalry of Aberdeen-Hoquium, which yep. is the longest standing rivalry in our whole state. Yep. And is a really big deal. <laughs> <Huge>. <laughs> it's a huge deal. So now you have a class of students.
0: I'd be so upset. The seniors this year. I'd be in. I'd be so mad.
1: Who will not be able to play in their junior or senior season, dude? And we're in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Which means a couple years ago, like everything was in turmoil. Yeah. These kids have already lost portions of their high school athletic careers, yep. and now they're losing more. Yep by having to lose this home game. I was reminded because, as you and I have talked about on the pod before, like we get really honed in on like what's the sports impact. These are the athletes. We We relate with the athletes. Mm-hmm. This is not just athletes. This is the band. This is the cheerleaders. This is the student body who would love to have an opportunity in the Myrtle Street rivalry game to cheer for their team on their own field.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: going to highly likely be taken away.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure there's some people who are like, oh, what's the big deal? It's just across the street. You know, everybody can still make it to the game. A, I think as it should be, the student section is not in a near as good of a spot at Olympic Stadium as it would be in Stewart Field right like we kind of stick them at the end of the end zone yeah. like that is where your spot is <laughs> it's a terrible place to watch the game <laughs> so A, that sucks for the student body so the band is kind of over that direction too you want to perform in front of your home stand it is i'm just thinking about this like i didn't play football in high school but i played basketball and i got to play one home game in varsity again cuz we had you know it's basketball so you got to play one a piece right mm-hmm. it still drives me nuts that we lost the home game let alone like i can't even imagine not even getting a chance to play at home yeah with my band controlling everything you know with all of our hype going on with my announcements with everybody mm-hmm. getting excited for us but for the Aberdeen Hokeyum game to take that away and shift it that's huge i mean we saw This isn't the first time that you and I have been around sports where people have lost their home games. Mm -hmm. And to us, it is devastating. You're right, not just for those athletes, but for the band, for the student body, for the cheerleaders, or like we saw for Elma, for their, what, drill team? Mm -hmm. That is a separate thing for them, and they're amazing as well. We saw this with Montesano when their stands burned down. They did get a couple of home games before that, but their stands burned down, so they had to play everything on the road. Yeah, I, saw covered,
1: this... I covered one of those games uh, as a reporter in a scissor lift.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah.
1: Um, but they did actually play – did they play a game at home? They did. They played homecoming games. Yeah, game. so
0: that's how important yeah. it is. Even though they didn't have stands, they were like, we want to have this game at yeah. home. That's how important it is. And then with Elma, we've seen them have to play road games and stuff like that instead when they should have been home games. So, I mean, I'm a, I am grew up a Grizzly, and yet I my heart absolutely goes out to these Bobcats who, you know, you wait to be able to play the Myrtle Street rivalry game on your field, on your turf.
1: And I think that's the thing is, like, I, I know that um, sometimes people get annoyed that I I say the same thing over and over again when we're talking about senior athletes, Mm -hmm. that it's not just look at all this work I put into this year. The work starts a decade before you get there or longer for some of them. Most of these kids have been playing football since they were five or six years old with the same people Mm -hmm. at the same place. And when you are a youth football player… The high school football players, the varsity football players, they're rock stars. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to a parent of a senior for this year who said, you know, my son, who is now a senior, still has a basketball in his room that he got. He went to the when Aberdeen Leonard Barnes was the coach of Aberdeen and their team went 20 and one. He went to one of the games and took a basketball and had all the guys sign it. He keeps it like that's these. They care. Yep. They care for a decade. Yeah. And then they get to this point and they're in their senior season. and It's supposed to be their turn Mm -hmm. on their home field to go out and do what they've been idolizing people do for that long amount of time. Mm -hmm. And it's been stripped away. Yeah. And it's, it's an emotional and painful thing to think about and talk about where like, I think it, people who aren't in it get, they just, it's just, they're dismissive. Like people don't, Think, like, what's the big deal? Like you said, what's the big deal? It's right across the street. Everyone can still go. It's not like people won't be able to travel to the game. That's not the point. Exactly. The point is that everything builds to these moments. And as difficult a time as kids who are in high school now have had over the last few years with the way things have been in our country and across the world. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just another thing on the list of one more things that gets taken away because of stupid mistakes by adults. (laughs) Like, just... They're kids. Yep. Like, let's help create the great moments for them that we had created for us when we were that age. And so it makes me really upset and sad to think about, you know, what these kids, what what's going to happen, how less of a cool thing it's going to be for these athletes and this student body and everybody that's involved in this game. It's going to be so much less cool than it could have been. That's all.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is going to happen. But olive branch wise, if I were. Because I've gotten a little bit more sentimental and soft, I think, as I've gotten older. Younger me would have been like, ha, stuff it. Who cares? Yeah. But I think older me would say, let Aberdeen have the prime seating of that game. If you're Aberdeen Hoquiam, that would be a big thing to do. Yeah. I don't know if they will do that, but. If I were in charge, that's what I would do. It's a rivalry. I understand if they don't, and all the Aberdeen fans are tucked down at the end zone. That's what I expect to happen. But you can step up and be better. And that is what I would do. I would say, hey, Aberdeen, you guys get all the prime seating at the 50. Your student section is where our student section would be. We'll let you guys run the show. This is your home game. Your even, PA
1: announcer in the in the booth. Yeah,
0: even though even though this is at our place, we're gonna let you guys run the show and have your home game here.
1: And that's the best you can do because even right. that still sucks. It's just splitting the difference. Yeah, like you know, you know, you can't if it can't be at Stuart Field, you can't make it what you want it to be. Yeah. But at least you can do something to make it a little closer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Agreed. So. I think that's. I think uh, I rambled enough about that. I loved it. Okay, so what is this other thing you put in the Yeah,
0: I put. Show sheet. I put Justin's movie takes. Why? Um,
1: what is? What are my movie takes?
0: They're terrible. <laughs>
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> you got in an argument on Facebook, and I I saw every great story of intelligence starts
0: with you got in an argument on Facebook. Absolutely. So this also came. After another topic that I think we need to bring up on the show. Okay. But I saw this posted from our buddy Sean, who's been on the show talking about Mariners before. And Sean posted his definitive top ten list for most watchable movies ever. It's a
1: terrible list.
0: I'm not going to say it's terrible. It's really bad. I did disagree with some of them because he made the distinction watchable. And while I agree that Shawshank Redemption is an amazing movie it is not the most watchable movie because it is a tough, hard prison movie to watch and it is depressing as all And that's all his get number out. two? And that's number two. Yeah. So when he says watchable, I'm like, eh, probably not. But, I mean, he goes Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Shawshank...
1: Hunt for the Red October, which is really fun. Like, what the heck is with, like, the... Most of these are old. Old. Yeah,
0: so you gotta let him... He's older. (laughs) He's not Uh, that much older than
1: me. He's probably close to 10 years. That's. I mean, at this point, like, we're both middle-aged. It doesn't feel that big of a difference. Are you middle aged now? Am I middle aged? I didn't. Oh my gosh! Am I middle aged? Okay, this is a conversation. I'm about to have a crisis. I did a little research on this, and I believe that 36 is the last year that you can no longer say you're not middle aged.
0: Okay, so I'm good.
1: And I am 36 right now. I think we're I think that like if I don't you look like that, man. The age brackets. Like if you were to go to a website and there's age brackets, which one are you in? I think I, Sean and I are in the same one. I thought middle age was supposed to be like fifty. But middle age would indicate that's like the middle of your life, right? And if it's like a twenty year span or a fifteen I'm year span. I'm gonna live forever. Let's say the let's say we live to eighty five, right? So forty two so is the middle of your life, and if you stretch that out to a ten year span on both sides of that, you're at thirty seven to 47, but really, more more realistically, you stretch it out to about a 15 year span. Uh, so you're don't in like, like it. the 35 to 50 range, I'd say. Well. I don't
0: like it. <laughs> mm, don't like it. Anyway, we're talking about. He does throw a Harry Potter series in there. I've never heard of Lonesome Dove. Have you watched Lonesome Dove? I've heard of it. I've never seen it, never heard of it. Anyway, I've never seen half the movies on So Netflix. as soon as he said. As soon as he said Lord of the Rings, I literally got to that point and I was like, Justin's going to comment on this. (laughs) And oh, I was not wrong because you said this may be your worst list ever. Sean puts a lot of lists out. Gladiator is the only one that would ever have a chance of making my list. So then you made a list. Yeah. Which did not surprise me. You did have The Matrix on there. That was a little bit of an older movie for you. Yeah. Um, Dodgeball, awesome Anchorman, great, The Hangover Eh, okay High School Musical <laughs> at number five <laughs> Little Giants, The Sandlot, Office Space Encanto, I still haven't seen it uh, Anything but Lord of the Rings At number ten Okay,
1: so the point was Which I don't remember if I explained or not In the post comments At some point you said Because then this was the other great part okay. of this <laughs> Is, so my wife's we-
0: reading me these comments, by the way. And uh, Sean says that he's going to offer you an olive branch right here, right? And he says, your list isn't bad. I'm tempted to call a truce. Um, tempted. And then you said, Sean, I literally just typed in the nine first nine movies I thought of still better than your list.
1: That was the point was your list is so bad that I can throw crap against a wall and come up with a list that's better than yours. I didn't Google anything. I didn't even go back into my Rolodex of what are my favorite movies. I typed down the first nine movies that I thought of, and it was a better list than his, which was my whole point in all of that. But, a, but I got to say, even don't when, sleep on High School Musical, man. I'm sleeping on it. That's a good it. movie. No, it's not. Zac Efron? I know Zac Efron's in Vanessa it. Vanessa Hudgens? Corbin S- Bleu? I don't care. That's it's a good movie. It's not a good movie. It teaches good lessons about life in an entertaining way. <laughs> the basketball Just scene. Which encourages no. young people to be who they are. The okay? basketball not, scene not not itself. Convert to the norm or what you're supposed
0: to do. And the basketball scene itself <laughs> makes that one of the worst movies of get all your time. Get your in the game. Yeah, that is the worst Gotta thing that's you, ever you, get happened get you, get basketball. in basketball. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's not that bad.
1: That routine they do with trying to dribble and sing at the same time. I thought it took a lot of planning and (laughs) rehearsal. And they synchronized it in a way that I thought it was pretty impressive.
0: So I think my biggest frustration is not so much your list besides that horrible thing.
1: Ashley Tisdale also, too, in that movie. A revelation. I don't care. Um... (laughs) not so much that your list is bad but you think his movies are bad they're terrible it's a terrible list what indiana jones you don't like indiana jones Indiana. Jo- i watched one indiana jones was movie it the last was one was the big well okay so let me just tell was it you. the alien one with i Kyle don't LaBeouf? even i don't know okay it, when i was in high school my buddy chris
0: was yeah, like oh. good guy
1: good movie taste yeah he was like <laughs> oh you've never seen an indiana jones Hell movie your dad never show you Indiana Jones before that? I don't remember even Indiana Jones being spoken in my house. But Chris was like, oh, you've never seen an Indiana Jones movie? Come over. We'll have a movie night. He invited a few people over. We watched Indiana Jones and I was like, meh. So he picked whatever he thought was the best one. And it was just okay. Definitely not on any top ten list of anything. Okay, so... Certainly not number one. I
0: am also... Okay, I get that it might not be number one. Was it the one with Sean Connery in it? Who remembers? Oh my gosh. That was 20 years ago. So I'm also starting to question <laughs> your dad now. Because Why? that should have been shown to you far
1: before Chris I don't, got to you as a teenager. Was that a PG-13 movie? Because I probably wouldn't have been allowed to watch it till I was about 15.
0: Yeah, probably. There's a guy who kind of melts out of existence. Mm -hmm. So that's probably PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. And a reference to, yeah, something else that's kind of disgusting. There
1: were some PG-13 movies that I watched without permission. Okay. But when I was a kid, when I turned 13, it was like, okay, if you want to watch a PG-13 movie, let us know and we'll tell you whether or not it's okay. Okay. What about Ocean's Eleven? That's a good movie. Okay. Yeah. Not Top 10. Not better than High School Musical. (laughs) I'm about to punch you in the face right now. I thought put you it on the Harry... poll. What's a better movie, Ocean's Eleven or High School Musical? Yes, I want to see that poll.
0: Also, I thought you were a Harry Potter guy. Am I wrong? No. Oh, okay. Not gotcha. A Harry Potter All right. Guy. So you don't like Harry Potter I or have... Lord of the Rings? Because a lot of times I feel like those cultures kind of clash. But you're just okay. like both of themselves can. Well, so get out.
1: I'll say this: I actively despise Lord of the Rings. This is a movie that the first one I tried to watch twice. Once in a movie theater and once in a living room with friends, both times I fell asleep Yes, within the first half hour. Is it bad to point out that you were probably getting about three to four
0: hours of sleep in total a day when you watched those movies? I've watched
1: a lot of movies. I've fallen asleep in the theater two times. What was the other one? One was the Lord of the Rings movie, yeah. and then the other one was a horrible remake of Robin Hood that I watched as an adult as a chaperone with youth. Was that the Russell Crowe one? Yeah, yeah, that was real good. bad. It wasn't good. Fell asleep. It was bad. Um, but yeah, those—that's the only two times in a theater I've ever fallen asleep. Right. But the Harry Potter ones, like, oh, so I, there are Harry Potter, um, like, people who like Harry Potter in my household, so those movies have been on. I've seen portions of them. I just don't think they're that good, but I don't think they're terrible. Terrible. Okay. I gotcha. All right. I like to feel you out. It's th- Leviosa, not Leviosa. Oh, my god. See, days. I know enough to know that line. I don't. Mm. Uh, Congratulations. Like,
0: yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess I do. I, I lied. Yeah, I lied. I've heard that quoted a bunch. Office Space. Totally underrated, in my opinion. Thank you. When you brought up Office Space, I was like, <laughs> Office Space. One of the
1: first nine movies I thought of.
0: I laughed. That was good. I'll anyway. a
1: picture is somebody beating a printer fax machine with a baseball bat. Absolutely.
0: Everybody needs to do that at least one time in their life, yes. I think. The other thing that happened with you on the internet uh-huh. is something that could be <laughs> devastating to your son's local sports playing career. I don't
1: see the problem. If he has Why? to work a little bit harder to get minutes in basketball, that is what it is.
0: Your son works harder than anybody I know as it is. Yeah. How could he work harder? Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> explain to me what was going on in your mind when you decided to start a Twitter battle with your son's basketball coach
1: Okay, so we have a new varsity basketball coach yes. in Montesano And there's been a little bit of a feeling out process, right? You know, like um, we, we've all kind of been getting to know each other Trying to figure out, you know, who he is as a teacher and a leader and everything And his name is Mac, and I really like him Like I've, I've really enjoyed not only, you know, when Peyton comes home from basketball practice and he tells me about the things that they're doing and what they're working on and what coach Max said, I've, I've really enjoyed all of that. I think it's great. And in addition to that, when, when they've had tournaments and summer leagues, I get to go watch, I get to watch him coach the kids, interact with the kids. He's a great teacher. Um, He interacts with them in a way that is instructive and not abrasive. And I've really enjoyed everything about the coaching, um, the whole process of getting to know him as a coach. And then Peyton comes home from practice the other day and says, you know, coach Max think coach Mac thinks that uh, Kobe is better than LeBron. (laughs) Uh Oh, and I was like, wait, what? He (laughs) said that like out loud. And he was like, yeah, he said he's kind of a LeBron hater. And I was like, LeBron hater. And Peyton was like (laughs) his words. (laughs) So knowing that, Coach Mac is on Twitter. Yeah, He's on Twitter fairly regularly. I didn't tag him in this, but I tweeted, my son's new basketball coach thinks Kobe (laughs) was better than LeBron. I had such high hopes. Now my confidence is shot. Just when you start to trust people, dot, dot, dot.
0: I like that you tried to, what is it? Is it called subtweet? Is that what it is? Where you tried to leave him out of it, and then he found it anyway.
1: Well, yeah, he found it. I I'm, didn't know subtweet. I didn't know that is, term. Is that the term? I don't know. I was tweeting about him, but not to him. Yeah. But I knew that if he saw it, he would know. I think subtweet might be where you, like,
0: block that person from being able to see it specifically.
1: But. Yeah. So he said, he responded with, whoa, whoa, context is everything here. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm thinking he was like, oh, my gosh, a parent of one of my players is upset with me and didn't come to me directly when he doesn't probably know that I'm just an internet troll. Yes. So I responded, I was hoping you'd see this with some (laughs) laughing emojis. And he said, ha ha caught me off guard. I could have let it go there. Like that would have been a funny conversation all on its own, but that wouldn't be who you are. But I said in response, Peyton said, you're a LeBron hater. (laughs) He responded, is is timidly the right way to put this? He responded, "Not the biggest LeBron fan, no." So he didn't come out and say, "No, I hate LeBron," or "I'm a hater." Yeah, he said, "Not the biggest LeBron fan." <laughs> so I responded with, the, with
0: the emoji, kind of going like, "I love this emoji. I use it a lot." They're like, Ugh. Ugh. like "Yeah, you got
1: clenched teeth." Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So then, and you know what, Coach Mack, like, he's such a nice guy that in a way, I feel like I probably should feel a little bit bad for this you know if it created any amount of stress i should feel bad (laughs) about it but i don't so then i sent a white goodman gif that says let me hit you with some knowledge
0: for those of you who don't know white goodman is ben stiller's character in dodgeball yes
1: which is a top nine movie of all time let me hit you with some knowledge (laughs) i'm then i said (laughs) you know i'm white w-h-i-t e (laughs) E. (laughs) then i said lebron must be in every all-time top three or it isn't credible Because I thought I need to be punchy here. I'm going to be the aggressor. Yeah. You are
0: going Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. If that's not the list, then it doesn't exist. Exactly. Okay.
1: But also, I think I'd put Kareem in for Wilt. I think if you go, like, if anybody says MJ, LeBron, or Kareem is the number one player of all time, I think I'd be okay with that. Why not Wilt? Wilt. For me, there's there's an era of basketball pre-merger that I think we need to almost leave out what happens in it because, number one, at the time when most of this stuff was happening, there was eight teams and... If you weren't one of, like, the top 15 or 20 players, you had to have another job to pay your bills. People couldn't put all the— But wouldn't that mean that
0: those were the best, like, 40 players in the world? No,
1: because it also means that you weren't playing against ABA players like Dr. J and Rick Barry, and some oh, of the so, best players in the world uh, weren't even in their league at the time. Oh. So, they're, to me, how big was their gener- league? I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that how big the ABA was. But pre-merger basketball, I think, needs to be measured differently, which is why if anybody ever says greatest player of all time, people go Bill Russell. I'm like, get out of here. That's nonsense. <laughs> and to me, most of what Wilt did was in that range. So I kind of go, I go, if you tell me Kareem, who's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA, won a bunch of titles, really great player, and was one, the greatest college player of all time as well. you, I, I could go Kareem. I could see it. MJ, the argument's obvious there. Well,
0: you're a Tar Heel, so of course. True.
1: LeBron, to me, the argument is obvious. I'm not saying he's number one, but the argument is obvious. But if it's not one of those three guys at number one, and those guys aren't your top three, I don't know what you're doing. So he (laughs) says, (laughs) my statement was very definitive. He says, oh boy, I think that's highly debatable. (laughs) I could I said I can see MJ maybe Kareem ahead of him nobody else. Coach Max says, "Statistically, yes. But he's an if if he, this and this Daniel, you would love because you've made this argument this exact same argument before." Okay. If LeBron's in the West, I don't think he gets a ring maybe ever. Yeah. I said he did win a ring in the West though. And those Heat teams were the best in the league, not just the East, which is a flimsy argument, and I know it, but it was the only one I had in that moment. He says, this is where I feel like he started to flip the aggressiveness switch a little bit. Yeah, he throws true in here. He says, as a true sports fan, (laughs) I know deep down inside, you can't count the bubble as a real ring. There will always be an asterisk next to that one for me. Ouch. My response was an asterisk, which notes that winning a title that year was more difficult than a normal (laughs) season. I agree with that, which is classic misdirection. Yes. That's what trolls do. Mm -hmm. And uh, Coach Max says, that I don't agree with. Maybe we talk this out via podcast sometime. I've heard you have a good one. So now we have a Twitter situation where I created a positive reaction about our podcast. Yes. At this point, I was excited. I was like, awesome. A compliment, and then and then what did you do to that? I should have stopped and been like, okay, yeah, that would be great. Yes. But there's something inside of me that doesn't allow that to happen. <laughs> so I said, that would be great. Our podcast is inefficient and overrated, but hits every once in a while. I'd say it's the Kobe of podcasts. Gosh dang it, Justin! <laughs> You had it and you lost it. I just, you know, it's hard sometimes. You run the ball all the way to the one yard line and then the end zone's right there and you can just punch it in. But instead, you turn around and you run back the other way. (laughs) You just throw the ball over your head right before you get in. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. That was a hilarious debate. And then that whole time, get to that last one, and I'm like, yes. He said that we have a good podcast. And then you're like, no, it
1: sucks. (laughs) And then I literally sent my son a text message that said, I got in a Twitter argument with your basketball coach. You'll be riding the pine on JV all season by the time I'm done. (laughs) I got to say, my only critique for him – is
0: uh, it's not hard to change your profile pic. Get a different profile pic with Monty gear on. That's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say for Coach Mac. I've never met you. All I've seen is your Twitter profile picture, and it's a blue shirt. Yeah. Uh, you definitely can't be wearing a royal mm-hmm. blue shirt with white letters on it. You're coaching Montesano now.
1: Without knowing the details of it, I believe Coach Mack also coaches um, some other... Uh, like, select programs elsewhere. So he's the varsity head coach for Montesano High School Basketball, but I think he does some amount of coaching within other programs.
0: That's great, but they won't uh, let you in, Monty if you keep wearing blue like that. That's man. true.
1: Remember last year during the <laughs> wiffle ball tournament? Yeah. <laughs> we, we ordered royal blue shirts for the, our wiffle ball jerseys because – That was all that was left. It was like you're. This is so last minute. You have like no choices. Blue is pretty much it. Yeah. And I brought it home and I gave it to my Montesano, my son who bleeds maroon. Yeah. And he was like, Dad, I can't wear this. (laughs) If I ever show up to anything in royal blue, my coaches tell me to go take it off. Like that's you're not allowed to wear Elma colors in Montesano.
0: Absolutely. So you can't have it as your Twitter profile picture better i'll tell him
1: all right even if that means peyton gets relegated <laughs> to c squad <laughs> oh i think that's it for our show today that was our grace harbor pod loved it that was fun yeah
0: so for my co-host justin the internet troll damashevitz and
1: my co-host daniel lebron never would to win a title if he was in the west hargrove Just, bubbles don't count apparently bubble anomaly
0: and our absentee producer which is why this is audio only
1: gross you've been listening to the scrimmage you remember when i made the argument that uh the miami heat being in the finals didn't count because it was a bubble anomaly i just made the opposite argument about lebron that's true This, this is what trolls do yeah